I've always thought of myself as a pretty brave person. Shy and timid, yet talented and fixed all at once. I never thought my days would come to this. Where it's to place, being alone doesn't really mean you are. You're just more by yourself than you were before. But for me, I'm not afraid of being alone. Changes. You either love him or you hate him. But if you don't choose to change with the change, you'll most likely always hate him. Just like right now. I'm not necessarily thrilled with the fact that the pounding of rain against my window seems to be getting louder by the minute. But let's be honest. There's no way I can make it stop raining, even if I wanted to. I hear the rumble of thunder outside. I'm blinded to the sight of the bright white lightning that coats the sky in one big sudden flash. I'm suddenly brought back to reality when I hear the blaring and aggravating sound of the alarm clock I have on my bedside table. I turn to the flashing red numbers, alerting me that it's officially 7 o'clock in the morning and whip the covers off of me. I sit up, letting my feet hit the cold, hardwood floor beneath me and hesitate to get up out of bed. For today is the day I have been dreading since when? I can't remember. Today is the day that will take a turn for the worst. Because today, the one and only person you play board games with for hours before bed every night. The one who was cool enough to let you jump on your bed when their friends came over. The one who would always walk an extra block on Halloween to get their younger sister some extra candy. The one person who always had your back, even when the rest of the world didn't, will step out of your life completely. Today's the day my older sister, Annika, will be separated from me for what might as well be life. Of course, today, out of all days, my mom just so happened to leave for work early. I guess today I was walking. It always seems to amaze me how they are so oblivious to the whole second daughter thing. But I don't blame them. If my first child was going off to be separated from me for the next four years with a future career at stake, I'd probably be a, full, a little forgetful too. I guess that's what college does to you. It makes you forget things. But I highly doubt that other parents forget to do things like saying goodnight to me before I go to bed or ask me stupid questions about how my day at school went that I wouldn't want to answer anyway. I don't feel bad for myself, though. I'm used to it by now. I mean, how do you compare yourself with a 4.0 GPA student while still managing to be the captain of the basketball team? And you're sitting over here with your watercolor palettes and color pencils? I know. I wouldn't pick me either. But I've learned to live with it. Probably because I didn't have an option to or not. After I arrive at school, soaking, I quickly throw my backpack into my locker and make a bus to first period, art class. I half walk slash jog into the art room, greeted by the smell of acrylic paint and chalk, as all eyes seem to be glued to me the second I step foot into the doorway. I can't seem to tell though whether they're staring at me because I'm late or my lack of being able to pick out a decent outfit. Hey, some days gray sweatpants, a black t-shirt, and dirty converse are the way to go. Sorry, Mrs. Wilson, I say anxiously, pushing out the words I don't know how to say. I've never been this late before. Couldn't get out of bed this morning, I added dim-witted. It's all right, Sadie. The class is just continuing working on their perspective pieces. I take a look around at the rest of the class, who have both a look of disgust and disturbance written across their faces. I will expect it to, I will expect a pass next time, yes? Mrs. Wilson continues, keeping her nose in the pile of artwork she has yet to grade at her desk. Yeah, sure. I stutter and blush, and I'm embarrassed to look up. I shuffle around and then briskly take a seat at my assigned desk, nearly dropping my sketchpad and pencils. I breathe a sigh of relief, thankful that, per thankful that first period wasn't art class, because if it wasn't, I, wish I could surely expect a visit to the principal's office after school. At least one thing had gone right today. 
Getting off on a warning does not happen very often when I go to school, but I have Mrs. Wilson to thank for that. I remember last year in sixth grade, I was especially restricted when it came to making new friends. So every day during recess, I was too ashamed to play with the other kids. I just so happened to find my way to the art room one day when I had to go to the bathroom. It happened to be Mrs. Wilson's free period, so she let me hang around until it was time for my next class. I helped organize and sharpen the pencils that sat on a table next to her desk, where she at the time was working on an example piece for one of her classes. She kept asking me about why I didn't want to go play with the other kids, and every time I would merely stare at her with a blank and colorless face. I then spent every day in the art room during recess. I would always sharpen pencils or organize any other miscellaneous art room things, while Mrs. Wilson would chat up my about my latest art room projects or gossip chat about other teachers and students in the building. I know it sounds weird, but Mrs. Wilson really was my best friend. Not until Kat came along, at least. I mean, in spite of the very pathetic lack of credit art teachers get, I'd say she's all right. Sadie, Kat whispered, as I woke from my daydreaming of what such a world would be like without Mrs. Wilson, when Kat gave me the, the teacher saying something important, you're missing what they're saying type of look, and I immediately perked up. I then throw my attention to the front of the classroom, where Mrs. Wilson was looking at me with both confusion and humorism at the same time. As I was saying, Mrs. Wilson began, I have seen lots of talent and dedication in many pieces throughout this year, and I have decided to host an art show in this very school. The students who have been selected to represent us will be posted on a piece of paper outside the door. Mrs. Wilson gave me an especially interesting look when the bell rang. The whole class zoomed to the front of the room like a part of lions who just got dinner to go to look at the results that had been posted. Most students walked away with a look of disappointment and irritation across their face, but I did in fact come across a few students who were high-fiving as they walked down the hallway. I approached the doorframe leisurely as I could hear my own breath inside my head. I walked to the paper that flowed in the wind of rushed children and saw the very first name, my name, Sadie Davis, printed in a bold black font. My eyes immediately lit up knowing that this was my chance. My chance to show the world that Sadie Davis is more than just a kid that wears sweats to school and eats by myself in the cafeteria. This was my chance to be the person I always wanted to be. An artist who not only would finally take her chances to become the best version of herself, but was getting to do it in front of people. Real, live people. And she didn't even have to ask their approval. They would merely have to accept who she was, whether they would like her art or not. Everything was finally falling into place when I remembered the tragic truth of being recognized by the one I love most for my true talent. Would Annika get to see me showcase my work? I shuddered at the thought of the answer I already knew and felt my skull trying to find a way to pound out of my head. Ugh! I groaned out loud, probably a little too loudly. I glanced up at the sound of the bell. Again? I stomped off to my next class, not even bothering to hurry up the way I usually would have. And if it hadn't been for Kat, the people pleaser, who was going to be late, thanks to me too, I physically and emotionally would not have been able to make it to my next class. The rest of the day just seemingly became worse and worse as time went on. So did the rain. We had a surprise tested math and a social studies essay that was due in the middle of next week, which we all know is going to become earlier, and they were serving fish sticks in the cafeteria. All day, I couldn't get the infuriating thoughts out of my head that my goody-two-shoes older sister was too busy to make time for her not-so-goody-two-shoes little sister. But the worst part is, she acts like she wants to, to spend time with me, but she really doesn't. Let me tell you, nothing is worse than an older sister who thinks her little sister is too thin to be told the truth. I just sort of feel drained, like everything we've done together in these past 13 years has just been wiped away and doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, you know what I say to that? No. 
It's not even remotely fair that my one and only sister thinks it's okay to just ignore the fact that I'll be by myself for the next four years. Who will give me a laugh without me having to ask for one? And I know I know. I have my whole life ahead of me to make memories with Annika. But I haven't lived my whole life yet. So who's to say those happy memories won't be washed away too? Sadie, calm down, girl, Kat reassured me. You never bugged this much about your sister leaving, so what's the difference now? Everything's the difference, I say almost to tears. Kat pours me a glass of milk and pushes it to me across the table. School's getting out of hand. Annika won't be able to see me showcase my one and only talent I have. My parents hardly pay attention to me anymore. And my only sibling in the whole entire world has decided <coughs> it's okay to leave me in the dust. I half sob and scream into my hands as water trickles down my wrists. I can see through the slits of my fingers that Kat's face is wincing at my abnormal attitude and is almost disgusted by my groaning ugly cries that are coming not only out of me, but in me. Hey, hey, it's okay. She's talking to me like a newborn baby, and her hand is placed in a borderline-ish way onto my shoulder. Maybe, maybe Annika leaving isn't such a bad thing, you know? Kat says in a calming voice. I look up very confused. I thought that the person I'd been complaining to for the past however many weeks is now telling me that my own feelings are wrong. I sniffle and turn my attention to face Kat. What do you mean? Her freckled face blushes and blue eyes dilate at the fact that she definitely didn't have an answer to that one. Well, I don't know. I guess all I'm trying to say is that it might be a good idea for you two to take a break from each other. Not for too long, obviously. It's just that I feel like I hardly get to see you anymore. I know I see you every day, but I don't really get to see you. I can't even remember the last ice cream trip we had, let alone a full-on conversation. I miss you, Sadie. The real you. Not the stuck-up Sadie who's too caught up in her older sister to even pay attention to her best friend. Cowards are still floating in the back of my mind as I try not to look up. I continue to stare at her, blank as ever, when I hear shuffling around upstairs. I push back my chair and run to the bottom of the staircase that leads upstairs. I see my dad's beet red face as he comes out of Annika's room, trying to juggle at least three boxes ranging from small to large sizes. That should be the last of it, he pushes out, almost face planting down the stairs. He walks out the front door, and following him, I hear yet another pair of footsteps. Annika herself is now standing at the top of the stairs, looking more zealous than I've seen in a long time. Hey, she says in almost a whisper. Her face is botched up, and I can tell she's been crying too. She can't even stand to look at me as she walks down the stairs and then out the front door. I give Kat an uneasy look as she gives me a reassuring nod and takes my hand as we walk outside. Annika's car is filled to the brim, loaded with boxes and boxes of everything we have accumulated over these past 18 years for Annika. My mom is already losing it, and my dad is merely watching them sob-slash-hug each other as they hear rumbling from the gray clouds up above. My mom and dad said their final I love yous and goodbyes, and then turn Annika's attention to me. She gives me a shaky look when I begin to see tears trickle down her face, too. She runs toward me and gives you the first slash last hug we will have in a very long time. We're both stuck in time, and seconds feel like minutes, which feel like weeks, months, and then years. Nobody could take this moment away from me, even if they tried. We both stand there, arms wrapped around each other, and I can hear Annika's quiet sniffles as she pulls away from my hold. I love you, Sadie. She mutters, and I know that's enough. Moving away, I guess, hasn't been quite so easy on her either. She then hops in the car, pulls out of our driveway, and drives down the street as it begins to rain yet again. 
My parents shuffled quickly back inside, not even bothering to see if I followed. And it's a good thing they didn't, because I couldn't bring myself to. I simply stand in the rain, letting the cool water droplets bounce off my skin. Cat comes to join me when all of a sudden, I see a ray of yellow light from the golden evening sun that illuminates the clouds standing in front of it. Cat and I join hands and start walking down the street. And even though we might have gotten a little wet, we didn't care. Because for once, we were able to dance in the rain.